The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome, students, to another edition of the Star Seminar. I am Professor Rabble Rouser, and with me is the great historian of Cowboys football, Dr. Danny Phantom, how are you today, Doctor? I am. I'm actually. I'm excited. Uh, I got a, a notice in the mail that I've been summoned for jury duty, and Ooh. I have to tell you, Rabs, I'm pretty excited. I, I really want to be chosen, um, and I'll tell you why. It was kind of weird, and a lot of people try to find uh, ways to get out of it, but not me. I I want to go, and I'm hope I hope I'm chosen. But the reason is because in my everyday life, you know, in my job and everything. You know, I just have to I have to be professional. I have to, you know, you, you always have to respond in the right way. You know, it's just, it's, you know, you have to be very businesslike and, you know, you got to conduct yourself like a like a decent human being. And I'm looking for an opportunity to get in a room with just strangers and actually have no filter. And when somebody is just being a nimrod, you know, I can actually, well, you've seen me on Twitter. So, I mean, this is what, you know, so I'm excited. It's a, it's a, an opportunity to, uh, you know, have a little fun and uh, you know serve my community. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Have you ever uh, you ever done have jury duty? I have. I've actually done jury duty three times. Um, I, I actually have a trick here that I've learned lately. So here in Philadelphia, where I live, um, uh, which is you know this is very pertinent because it's uh, it's of course Eagles Week, um, and of course uh, the Eagles had a stadium for many years that had a a jail and court in it so uh, i think it's it's amazing that you, whoa, 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 that you uh, a, a jail and court in the stadium they had a jail and a court for drunken unruly fans in the stadium oh. so they would they would bring them down to the stadium put them in jail and there was actually a judge oh named Seamus, something like seamus mcfeeney who that was his jurisdiction <laughs> this, and this he is not would, real would actually try them for their for their drunken disorderly crimes that day before they left the stadium. You are not saying true things, Rabs. No, I'm at you. Look it up, my friend. Look Seamus McFeeney. 
I think it was something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible story. So that was the veteran. That was the old, the old vet. Uh, uh, you know, the truth matters. The link is a little bit more high end. Oh, my uh, tickets are tickets are a lot a lot more expensive. So I think some of that element that used to be uh, used to hang out what was known as the 700 level, which is way way at the top of the stadium where the, the tickets were cheap. Um, they would just get incredibly, incredibly hammered and um, and getting fights all. They were getting fights every. I mean, just huge fights all the time. So, they, so they had it. They had a court. At any rate, um, I've, I've been at, I've been in jury at a jury uh, three times on a jury three times, and actually lately managed to get out of it by sh- what I do is I show up at the very very end. Like if we're supposed to be there at nine o'clock, I'll get I'll get in at the end of the line like at eight fifty nine or nine o'clock, and so invariably by the time I get to the front of the line, they're like, oh no, we don't need you. And I'm like, oh, go about my day. So, um, but before that, um, I served on juries, and I have to say, you know. 90% of what we know about the sort of uh, American jurisprudential system is we learn through like watching, um, you know, procedurals uh, on TV, you know, like, um, you know, legal shows or, or uh, CSI or, you know, any of those kind of shows. Um, and uh, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, those shows, the lawyers and their courtroom demeanor did not prepare me for how inept most lawyers are and they're inept for a couple of reasons they're not articulate they can't explain things they they when they're cross-examining or or, or you know uh, a witness there's all kinds of things they miss and so I, I was in the jury going oh my god dude you didn't even bring up this point if you brought that point you would have had like it would have been huge you know um and then and then like during closing summations and, and closing arguments and things like that they're not organized in their thinking and so they just kind of ramble and stuff so um, I, I'm sure that really, like, you know, really, really good lawyers uh, are very capable of being very articulate and, and you know, they, they really zero on the point. But a lot of times what you're getting is like, you know, some public defender guy or, you know, just, just some just some random guy who's who's, you know, who's been assigned to the case. It doesn't have the, t- the time because he's got such a huge caseload or she's got such a huge caseload that they really don't have the time to to. To, uh, to do the investigatory work and the preparatory work that's necessary to win the case. And uh, it's a shame because, um, you know, most citizens don't have the ability to, to um, advocate for themselves, uh, certainly not in a, in a legalistic way. And there, there too many people are, are assigned, um, assigned attorneys who aren't very good. And so uh, what I remember most is just thinking, my God, these attorneys are bad. They're really terrible. Yeah, I hope I have that experience. I mean, I hope I get to experience it. I want you to. St- I want you to stand up and tell him how bad he is, dude. You just missed the point. You're awful. Nah, yeah, when did so, you go to law school? See, I am going to. Here's my plan. So I actually a couple of years ago I had a chance, and I was excited just like I am now. And I got in there. I was number 19. I, I hope I'm allowed to say that. But anyway, so anyway, they got through. They asked for the first 17 people. They went up there and they at, they started asking questions. Some people got dismissed, but then they had enough, and then the rest of us just like that's all. See ya. I was. I didn't even get a chance. I mean, I was all prepared. I was going to be completely neutral. There was no way they were going to get me to to be an extreme one way or another. So I'd get a chance to get bounced. I was all ready, but I didn't even get an opportunity. So I'm going to get there early, Rabs. Now that you uh, you know, said that, so uh, <laughs> you'll be first in line. I'll be first huh? in line. You got to give me a shot, you know. And uh, so yeah, but I'm excited about that. I mean, I I'm not as excited as that as much as I am excited for what's going on Sunday night. Uh, what do we got going on on today's show? Well, actually, we've uh, we've got Jimmy Kemsky, longtime writer for the Eagles, uh, longtime Cowboy disliker, 
uh, started Bleeding Green Nation. You guys who, who are old heads uh, who've been following Blogging the Boys for a long time might remember him when he was uh, at Bleeding Green Nation, but he's moved on and up with other sites and now covers the Eagles for Philly Voice. Um, but he's actually really knowledgeable, really, uh, actually, I've, I've found him to be a, re- a really fair analyst. And so I think he'll um, do a good job of providing some context for this undefeated Eagles team and, and what the Cowboys will face on Sunday. But listen, before we bring him in, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of your fa- favorite Cowboys games at Philadelphia? Times they've gone to Philadelphia and played the Eagles. Oh, you know, all my favorite games are at home. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to remember this is my favorite one at Philadelphia. I'm actually drawing a blank, Rab. So why don't you tell me your favorite and see if you can uh, give me time to think this one. Okay. Uh, there's there's several that st- stick out, but there, there's two in particular that are, are real favorites. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back a little ways in history to, uh, for the first one, which was in uh, 1991. 1991, first year the Cowboys made the playoffs under Jimmy Johnson. Um, they lost early in the year to the Eagles at home. 24 nothing, and Aikman was sacked like 12 times or something. And, the, and the, the Eagles defensive line with like Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and all those guys just beat the heck out of the Cowboys. Um, so fast forward to uh, like week 15 or whatever it is. The, the Cowboys had just, I think a week or two before, upset the Redskins, uh, the former Washington team in Washington. And uh, they were the, the Washington team had been undefeated. Uh, they, I think they were 11-0 at that point. And so the Cowboys were really on a roll. But Steve Berline was the quarterback, and um, that Philadelphia defense was still pretty fierce. So they go into Philadelphia. Both teams are basically battling for a playoff spot. Uh, Cowboys played really tough, uh, ground out a couple of, couple of drives. Kelvin Martin returned a long punt late in the game, like in the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, something like that, um, to basically to basically clinch it. And they won something. It's sort of a strange score, something like 25 to 11. But that was really the one where the it felt like the 90s Cowboys for the first time went toe-to-toe with the big boys and toughed it out. And that was a huge one. And But I think one of my one of my favorite games of all time was the 2014 yeah. Dallas at Philadelphia game where both teams are basically uh, playing for the division lead. Yeah, they sort of seesawed all year long. Um, and that was, talk about seesaw, that was a seesaw game. Cowboys, remember they, uh, the Eagles like dropped the opening kickoff. Uh, Cowboys recovered it, got an easy touchdown, got a couple more touchdowns. They were up early, that, 21 nothing. That was the Dez game, right? That was the Dez game. That was and the game. then yeah. the Eagles came roaring back. Romo, uh, they got 17 and then Romo fumbled. And they got a short field and got 24. And, and uh, you know, the link was going crazy. Everybody, was, I mean, you know, they were out for blood. And then uh, Romo and Dez and DeMarco Murray and those guys just kind of quietly engineered a drive. Two big passes to Dez and then, and then another one uh, in the end zone for a touchdown. And then they end up uh, basically blanking or they end up outscoring like 17-3 the rest of the way and won like 38-27 or something like that. Um, but just a great game, you know. It was it was so indicative of, of the toughness, the mental toughness of that 2014 team, where they basically blown an enormous lead, 
and uh, it was like sharks in the water. And they just kind of went, oh, okay, let's just drive and take the lead back and then go ahead and take this thing over. And they did. And they, had, they got like two or three turnovers at the end of the game. And Mark Sanchez was the quarterback for the Eagles that day. And uh, they just they just beat him up in the fourth quarter. And he, I think they, he got a, threw a pick and they, they sacked him a couple of times. It was glorious. Yeah. Just glorious. No, I, I think that's, that's – I think that would be my choice too from what I can recall. Um, because I also think too, of course, you're coming off that, – you know, that being the two, 2014 season, we're coming off. Three straight years where we had we couldn't close the deal, you know, to make to to win our division, you know, and then the three years prior, and then here we get a huge December win, and this is you know when when Tony Romo had the rep of can't win in December, you know, and he comes out there and and I, yeah, and of course I I vividly remember like Des just I can't remember the the corner at the time, but I just feel like he was just completely Brandon Fletcher. Oh, just completely just abused, mm-hmm. and it was it was. That was fun to watch. So yeah, yeah, that's. I think that would be mine as well, Rav. So excellent choice. That's. I mean, for me, that's that's one of those ones where like uh, it's an it's an annual rewatch, you know. So that if you remember that the Eagles um, sold out to stop Demarco Murray, he got some nice runs early in the game, but they pretty much did a good job of bottling him up. But the cost was that Fletcher was put on an island against Dez, and Dez just embarrassed him, and it was fantastic. Tell you what, uh, speaking of embarrassing, let's bring our friend Jimmy in. All right, let's do it. All right, students, strap yourselves in. It is my succinct pleasure to welcome into the classroom the great Professor Jimmy Kemsky. <laughs> Jimmy has been a longtime reporter uh, covering the Philadelphia Eagles. He started way, way back in the day. Uh, for Bleeding Green Nation, worked for many, many sites since then, and now um, for the last several years has been writing for Philly Voice. Um, and, uh, you know, one, one of the greatest Eagles lovers and Cowboy haters that I know and uh, <laughs> always, you know, always brings a little bit of, you know, a little bit of realism, a little bit of snark to these to these conversations. I can think of no better person to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys than Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. So listen, I, w- I want to start with a couple of general questions to catch us up. I know that you guys obviously have been covering the team more closely, but some of our some of our, our Cowboy faithful have not been covering the or following the Eagles quite so closely. So I kind of want to start with Nick Sirianni, um, who's new to us, but maybe not to you so much. And, um, you know, thinking back to his opening press conference when it seemed like the job was way too big for him and, you know, the, the airwaves were all abuzz with, oh, my God, what a, what a, what have they done hiring this guy? And now he's the front runner on Bet Online for Coach of the Year. So tell us about his growth. What, what are his strengths? And where does he still have room to, to expand his game a little bit? I think it's so funny the way that the, the perception is based off of, you know, opening press conferences. Yeah, like, exactly. Doug Peterson was awful, was also awful in his opening press conference. Like the first year, really, of his tenure, he was bad uh, in press conferences. He wins the Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni, terrible opening press conference, winds up getting to the playoffs when nobody expected him to sniff the playoffs in the first year. Chip Kelly, fantastic in opening press conferences, and then he turned out to be what he was. So, yeah, uh, I think Nick Sirianni's done a really good job so far. he got out to a bad start, uh, not only with the press conf- conference nonsense, but also just during the season. I mean, they started out two and five last year. And at that point in the season, they were looking like really one of the worst teams in the league. And then, you know, they started playing better. They really started leaning on their rushing attack. Um, and they also they also were 
beneficiaries of a pretty weak schedule during the back half of their season. And, you know, some of their wins were <laughs> certainly a, a result of that. They didn't really play that that well uh, in the back half of the uh, 2021 season. They get to the playoffs. They get whacked uh, by the Buccaneers season over. This year, it's a different team. I mean, they, they made a lot of additions uh, to both sides of the ball, really. And the roster is just a lot better this year than it was a year ago. But I think when you talk about Nick Sirianni, he he gets his players to his, his players are bought in on that dude. Like they really they really like him. They buy into him. Uh, I think he's a good teacher uh, on the field. You can see him. Um, you, you see him teaching like all different positional groups uh, throughout training camp. And I think the players are impressed uh, by the way he's able to do that, even without having played in the NFL. He did play football in college or whatever, but. You know, never made it to the NFL, but still, uh, they respect his ability to to know the game and, and teach the game. And um, yeah, I, I think he's a he's a guy that uh, is able to connect really with all the players throughout the team. He is not so ego driven that he didn't realize that uh, switching play callers halfway through the year last year to Shane Steichen uh, was probably the best way to move forward with the team, and they did that. And that still remains the arrangements. Shane Stegman, the uh, offensive coordinator, calls the plays on offense. Uh, and, and Nick is, is more of the clock and game manager uh, as, as they go along. Of course, he's, a, he's a, probably the biggest part of the game planning throughout the week is uh, Sirianni. But he, he's been a very good coach. And, um, uh, yeah, they're off to a great start. And as you mentioned, yeah, he's, he probably would be the front runner uh, for NFL Coach of the Year so far. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of Cowboy fans are – Rather surprised by by the Eagles uh, starting. You know, a lot of a lot of people in general are, are, are surprised. But for us Cowboy fans, I think um, you know you know we don't pay that close attention to what's going on in Philadelphia. So I want you to provide us with some cliff notes. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could just summarize, sure. can you just tell us what the biggest reason uh, that they they are off to such a great start, and also uh, where is this Eagles team vulnerable? So I think. Um... They've won in a variety of different ways so far this year. Like week one, it was a shootout against the Lions. The Lions looked like, for a little while anyway, <laughs> that they had a, a, a very good offense, a terrible defense, and that's sort of what happened in that game. Uh, maybe not so much in week five uh, for them, but that was a game that, that both, both teams put a lot of points on the board. The Eagles smashed uh, the Vikings on national TV on week, t- uh, week two, you know, uh, Monday Night Football. Jalen Hurts is fantastic in that game I thought he was that, that was maybe his best accuracy game so far of his career he was hitting receivers in stride to give him a chance to you know maximize their yards after the catch he hasn't shown the ability to do that consistently but in that game he was he was phenomenal week three again they go down to Washington they smash that team where they were just all over Carson Wentz sacked him nine times forced a bunch of fumbles week four they kind of got punched in the mouth early uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, were down fourteen nothing very quickly in that game. Uh, just as quickly, came back, took the lead by halftime, and then kind of cruised in the second half. That was a really ugly weather game. Rained hard, super windy. It's pretty cold for this early in the season. So they got that. They got that done, and with a little bit of adversity. And then this past week uh, against the Cardinals, um, they got out to a very quick start. Looked like it was going to be sort of a blowout. And, you know, they, they, they suffered some injuries in that game. Uh, but I think they, 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 the offense stalled a little bit. Uh, again, one in, the, in sort of a different way. They were able to just kind of 
that at the end of that game, they, they put together a 17 play 70 yard drive that took off eight minutes <laughs> off the clock, which is crazy that uh, they were sort of um, uh, fortunate that the Cardinals shot themselves in the foot a little bit with Kyler Murray's mismanagement uh, Kyler Murray and, Clint, and Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury's mismanagement uh, of the clock late in that game. So, yeah, I mean, they have a, a wide assortment of ways that they've won this year, uh, but they've all been wins. Two of the, I would say two of those wins have been really impressive. Uh, the other three maybe a little bit closer, but uh, their, their, their 5-0 start is, 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 is certainly well-deserved so far. Yeah. Is there anything about this Eagles team that you think uh, they're not getting enough credit for? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I, the one thing maybe, um, the one thing maybe I would say has not been highlighted as, as much as maybe it should be is the play of their defensive line. It's a really deep, uh, talented group. I think like the edge rushers, you look at guys like Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat, uh, and Hassan Reddick. That's a really good trio of guys coming off the edge. And then on the interior, they spent a ton of resources uh, in guys like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. They drafted, trade up in the first round to, to take uh, Jordan Davis. Milton Williams was a third-round pick a year ago. They're just very deep and talented uh, in that area. Again, like I said, they crushed. Uh, that group crushed Washington week three. And then also um, the rain had a big factor in this too, but – Trevor Lawrence fumbles five times in that game. Defensive line didn't didn't force all of those, but uh, they they played great in that game too. So I think the dominance of of their their occasional dominance that is uh, of the defensive line against some of the opponents they faced is, has maybe flown under the radar a little bit. Whereas you know Jalen Hurts and the offense has sort of uh, been paid more attention to, I think from from the national perspective. Seasoned professional that you are, you've provided uh, me with a lovely segue because I do want to now, as we drill down into the game itself, um, talk about the Cowboys' uh, defensive line. Now, during their uh, four-game winning streak, they've been riding that defense and that defensive line who've been giving some middling and some slightly beat-up offensive lines real fits. Uh, I think they have 20 sacks on the year, second only to uh, San Francisco has 21. And just, I mean, incredible amounts of pressure. Obviously, Micah Parsons is a demigod, and, and there's there's a lot of other guys who are contributing. So the Eagles' offensive line, however, has been very good, and I would, I would argue over the last few years a little bit underrated, uh, offers a much sterner test. Um, now we've been hearing some reports that they're that they might be dinged up a little bit. I know Jordan, Jordan Milata was out. I, I, I hear he might be back. I know they had a couple other guys get dinged. Jason Kelsey got dinged. What do you know about uh, how healthy they are, and how do you see them holding up against Dallas's front seven? Yeah, so I'll start with the injury aspect first. Jordan Milata didn't play Week Five. Uh, he's got a shoulder injury, and then they have three other guys that were limited in uh, practice today. Uh, in Jason Kelsey, uh, Landon Dickerson, who is the left guard, and uh, Isaac Samalo, who moved over to right guard. So uh, left to right, it's Mylotta, Dickerson, Kelsey, Samalo, and Lane Johnson, who, in my opinion, Lane Johnson gets left off of these top 100, these, <laughs> these nonsense top 100 lists. Mm-hmm. He not only is, you know, the best right tackle in the NFL, but I believe one of the best players in the NFL. He hasn't given up a sack since 2020. And um, you look at, like, some of the opponents that the Eagles have played this year, like the Vikings, for example, uh, with their uh, pass-rushing duo of Zedaria Smith and uh, Daniil Hunter. 
You look at the Jaguars with guys like Trayvon Walker uh, and uh, Josh Allen, defensive Josh Allen, that is. And in the lead up to those games, when you look at matchups and such, I think those are like, you know, examples of a couple of opponents where if your offensive line stinks or if you have concern areas at, at, at the tackle spots, you, you're worried about those matchups more than any other throughout the week. In Philly, they're just afterthoughts. <laughs> like nobody thinks about the pass rush for, for opposing uh, for opposing teams much uh, when, when the Eagles face them because they just expect guys like Mylotta and Lane Johnson to, to wipe them out. Now, I don't think this week is, is quite like that because – Obviously, Michael Parsons is a different animal. <laughs> like that, guy, that guy is, you know, potential defensive player of the year material. So I don't think anyone's dismissing a guy like Michael Parsons. Obviously, you know, the Cowboys have uh, other players too, like Demarcus Lawrence and um, Dorrance Armstrong had a had a monster game uh, last week, as you know, of course. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's probably. I mean, when when the Eagles and pretty much any other team look at. Uh, their defensive opponent, the first place they look is is how they're going to block uh, any kind of star uh, pass rusher. And then secondarily, they'll look at cornerback. Uh, and the Cowboys certainly have star players at each of those two positions. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great line. I think a lot of people think of the Eagles as having the best uh, offensive line in the NFL. And uh, they've played that way so far through the first five games. And so do you expect all their, their sort of quote-unquote starting five to all be ready to go on Sunday? So uh, Dickerson, the, the left guard, has gotten hurt in three different games, has come out of the game in three, diff- in three different games and didn't return. So uh, I think his injury is kind of one that's sort of lingering around. Kelsey got hurt in the second quarter uh, against the Cardinals, was really like writhing around in pain. And like, I was like, you know, Nick Sirianni's out there on a knee. Players are like gathering around, you know, up in the press box. You're looking at that. You're like, "Uh oh, that doesn't look good." That's a career then, ender right there. And then to start the second half, he's right back in there. But that's sort of just who he is as a player. Uh, Isaac Samuel has been dealing with an ankle injury, but he played uh, week five. I expect him to go. I expect Kelsey and Dickerson to go. By the way, the one that's intriguing is Mylotta, who has a shoulder injury. He was listed as doubtful last week, and I. If I recall, I don't think he practiced at all. I think he was a, a non-participant in every practice last last week. He was limited today, so at least he's back out on the field. I think that's a good sign for him being able to go. So I do think they'll be at full strength. They also have, if one of those guys can't go, they have like ridiculous depth too. They have Andre Dillard, who's actually still on injury reserve. He could he could maybe come back this week. Uh, Jack Driscoll has filled in really well at tackle for them when when they when they've needed to. Uh, Sua Opeta is the, the sort of their backup guard, both of them left and right side. He's had to play a bunch of times this, this year with Sayamalo and Dickerson having to come out. And then they drafted Cam Jurgens, the center, in the second round this year. He came in when, when Kelsey got hurt. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great offensive line, not just in, in the starting five, but they also have adequate backups to come in and, and sort of, you know, keep the ship afloat if somebody does go down. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about Dillard. Yeah, that's right. You guys, you guys do have some good depth there. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, because as Rabs was saying, you know, the Cowboys have benefited from some um, injuries from their opponents along the offensive line. So now this will be a, a definitely a true test for them. But um, so speaking of which, so, I mean, if we know that Philadelphia is a great rushing team. They were tops in the league last year and they're mm-hmm. every bit as good this year. But now the Eagles are suddenly good at, at passing the ball. So 
<laughs> they're averaging 7.6 yards per attempt, which is the best in the NFL. So, of course, the big reason for this is the development of, of Hertz. So, with Hertz now an actual dual threat weapon, how do you see the Eagles attacking this very good Cowboys defense? Yeah, I think they're going to lean on the run game in this. Um, I mean, my perception of the Cowboys defense is that uh, you know, the interior of the defensive line is maybe a little bit vulnerable, while obviously, you know, like I mentioned before, the they have stud rushers coming off the edges. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I imagine they'll, they'll try to lean on the run game, if for no other reason than to slow down those edge rushers, um, you know, kind of give them something to think about in the run game. I think they'll try to implement screens. Uh, but they don't want guys like Parsons and Lawrence and and those kind of guys paying their ears back and, and coming after the quarterback. So I think they're going to try to slow the game down. I, I will mildly disagree that they're running the ball as well this year than they did last year. So like last year, I forget what the number was in terms of the number of yards per game, but I think they, they, they had like seven or eight straight games, something like that of, I think it was a hundred, at least 175 yard rushing yards. There's some crazy streak of some high number of rushing yards per game. I want to say it was 175. And it was the first time a team had done that since the 1985 bears. <laughs> so like, that's just a crazy stat, but I, so I don't think they've been really on that level so far this year, but they certainly have the ability to run the ball with, you know, Jalen hurts. And I don't even think the running backs are that great. Like Miles Sanders is fine. Uh, Kenny Gainwell has been a little bit disappointing as sort of a third down back. Boston Scott is just kind of a guy as a backup. Trey Sermon, they, they, they signed off a of waivers when, when the 49ers cut him. So it's not like, it's not like they have like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott year two or three in the as a rookie in the you know in the league, it's, they, they have nobody like that. It's just their offensive line mashes, and um, yeah, I, I would say that you know they're not quite where they were last year with that, but they absolutely can run the ball. And with AJ Brown, um, you know, being signed to be after trade for AJ Brown, Devontae Smith being in his second year, Dallas Goddard being you know borderline top five type of tight end in the NFL, they have three really good weapons that they can go to in addition to that run game. So it is a difficult offense to, to stop on a lot of different levels. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And, and um, you know, I did mention earlier, like, the 70-play, 70, 70-yard uh, drive that took up eight minutes last week against the Cardinals. Everyone in the stadium knew they were running the ball. <laughs> they are still just picking up first downs at will. So, yeah, they, they, they still can mash in the run game when, when they really when, – when, even when you know they're going to do it. I was. I will just add one thing that um, 
I think the Cowboys uh, interior defensive line is less vulnerable than it has been in recent years. There's actually okay. several, several young guys who are ascending. Uh, watch out for Osa Odigizua. He's going to be a player. I think he's going to be a Grady Jarrett level player. I really do. I think he's, he's um, his pass rush win rate is ridiculous. It's just a tick behind Aaron Donald's and nobody else is even close at, at the position, but they also, they get a lot of penetration in, in the run game. Weirdly, the the one place they've been vulnerable is on the edge. I think that they've, they've they've got a habit of collapsing too much and giving up giving up the edge. And of course, you can run right at um, you can run right at digs. And so there've been a, several you know, mm-hmm. sort of embarrassing chunk runs off the, off the left side uh, this year, where where digs either uh, deigns not to tackle or or like sort of collapses in and, and sort of loses the edge. And, and when he's responsible for being the edge player, so I wouldn't be surprised if they. I, you know, if if there's just, I mean, the, the, the way that the way that Sirianni schemes the formation, uh, he doesn't. He, he'll do a lot to like, you know, to draw to draw digs in tight and then run wide of him and, and those kinds. Of, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of those, frankly, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want I want to switch to the other side of the ball if we can. Um, you know, I live here. Full disclosure, I live here in Philadelphia. So when I'm driving oh, around right. on those rare occasions, I do get to listen to WIP, etc. And of course, all the call-in people are always pulling their hair out at Jonathan Gannon. Uh, the, the Eagles defensive coordinator uh, seems to consistently be the subject of Eagles fans. I are for running a system that's quote unquote too passive. So can you tell us a little bit more about his defense and how you think he'll line his guys up on Sunday? And for Cowboy fans, is there anything about the Cowboys offense that concerns you? You listen to WIP more than I do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm just waiting for you to come on, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Jonathan Gannon's interesting. The you know the the main question for the Eagles heading into this season was it was how is Jalen Hurts going to play with you know the addition of AJ Brown great offensive line uh, you know number one rushing attack in the league now he's got three you know legit weapons in the passing game is he going to step up and and play a lot better than he did a year ago but I think you can also equate that to the defense too so Jonathan Gannon played you know his defense has played really well when they played against crappy quarterbacks and they played their share of those last year. I mean, they're, they, they're getting guys like Garrett Gilbert last year. Uh, uh, they, like they played against the, the a game against the giants in which they had uh Mike Glennon, a combo of Mike Glennon and uh, Oh, Jake from <laughs> like, Man. there are a lot of games like that, that they were winning, but whenever they played anyone decent, that quarterback, like they, they had five games against quarterbacks that completed at least, 80% of their passes last year. It was cr- like Derek Carr, uh, Dak Prescott did it against them, uh, Tom Brady, Herbert, Mahomes. And we're talking about, you know, star quarterbacks here, but those guys all completed at least 80% of their passes against the Eagles last year. So, like, that hadn't been done in a long time. So the, the issue was that they played this quarter's defense and they parked their safeties a mile off the line of scrimmage. They didn't want to give up the big play and the short to intermediate areas of the field was just wide open for, you know, any kind of decent quarterback to pick them apart. And like I, I, I alluded to, you know, the, the better offensive weapons for, for Jalen Hurts heading into the season. Well, Howie Rosen went out and got a, a lot of new defensive players, uh, namely Jordan Davis, uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, Kaiser White, the, the, the linebacker. They added James Bradbury, the cornerback. They traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Saints. So there are a lot of new faces in this defense, 
and they've all kind of gelled pretty nicely so far. The defense has been pretty good, and I haven't seen – so we saw actually a little bit of that soft-shell defense uh, against the Cardinals last week. I think they were a little bit concerned about, you know, Kyler Murray taking off on them. But, you know, so far I think he's done a, a much better job being more aggressive, blitzing more, not giving up those easy throws, short, intermediate areas of the field. And I don't think they'll <laughs> I don't think they'll be parking their safeties, you know, 20, 30 yards off the line of scrimmage against – you know, Cooper Rush, assuming he starts against the, the Eagles this week. Uh, I think that the Cowboys have, what, like 12 passes, 12 completions of uh, over 20 yards this year, which I think is like fourth or fifth worst in the NFL. And it's no secret, like, you know, how they've stayed afloat offensively. It's he just not turning the ball over. <laughs> you know, no interceptions, no fumbles lost, just letting his defense win, letting the Cowboys defense win these games for him. So, yeah, I, I think uh, they're not going to be, sort of, um, you know, playing real conservative defense here. I think they're going to try to come after him, and they're certainly not going to give up the short to intermediate areas of the field to a guy like Cooper Rush. And, frankly, uh, his his uh, he, his play has been declining. They had a grand total of one play uh, pass play for over 20 yards last week. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, he hit the Bengals a couple times, and then against the, against the commanders, he threw deep a couple times and, and got a couple of chunk plays from penalties. Mm-hmm. And then last week, last week, there was exactly one play over 20 yards. So um, I, I think that, yeah, I think that the, the leagues might be catching up with him a little bit here as well. Yeah, and usually he might even have a couple opportunities that, you know, where he'll get let down by his receivers or something, but that wasn't even really the case there. There was there was just that one, basically. So that that is a little worrisome for Cowboy fans. So let's just, I want to get our last question for you. I want you to give us a final score prediction. Let us know who, who wins and, and tell us why you think the Cowboys come away with this one. <laughs> Uh, so when the line came out, I saw it was five and a half or something like that. I think a lot of Eagles fans were surprised by that. They thought that that line was high. Um, of course, Eagles fans kind of live week to week. Like whatever they look like the past week is what they're going to look like the rest of the year. So like <laughs> the Eagles had their worst game of the year, in my opinion, uh, week five against the Cardinals. If, if this game were being played after week two, when, uh, you know, the Eagles played, you know, they just wrecked, uh, the, the, the Vikings. They'd look at that 5.5 line and go, well, well that's too low. <laughs> but I think on the, on the whole this season, you know, the Eagles have looked like, uh, you know, the better team than, than the Cowboys Sunday night football. Um, that place is going to be just jammed up with very, very drunk Eagles fans, very loud drunk Eagles fans, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I think I, I think is an intangible that, that is overrated at times, but uh, certainly will be a factor. But, yeah, I just think the Eagles are, are, are a better team at this point in the season. I mean, we're talking about a, a Cowboys team that lost Tyron Smith for the season and is probably going to be without Dak Prescott. So uh, the Eagles should be able to beat them, I think, with, uh, with, with Cooper Rush. I think it'll be a little closer than, um, uh, you know, it's not going to be a blowout or anything, but I'll, I'll say 30 to 24 Eagles. You know, Jimmy, this actually reminds me a little bit of, of the 1992 season. If you remember 92, both teams were, were good. They both started off pretty well. Uh, Cowboys went in, I think it was a Monday night game, actually, went into to the vet at the time and got drubbed. Herschel Walker, you know, had his revenge uh-huh. game. Cowboys were a young team. They weren't ready for that yet, I don't think, you know. And, um, you know, Aikman threw a couple picks. Um, and then later on in the year, you know, they, they, they were a, a more mature team. A lot of the young guys grew up. And, and when they came back to Dallas, Dallas basically um, 
you know, got got them the, the second time around. And I sort of see this. I think Dallas is a, is a really young team. They've had good drafts the last couple of three years. They're, they're a team that gets better. And I think, you know, every, there's a lot of young guys who are growing. And so I really think that this is going to be – I'm actually concerned that this is going to be the one where – the game where Cooper Rush is embarrassed and basically he's pantsed in this game. Throws <laughs> a couple – you know, the thing that you just said that he's doing really well, which is not to turn it over. Yeah. I mean, if the Cowboys are like negative two, negative three, it could get ugly. Really I've seen could. a few of their games, uh, the Cowboys games, but I haven't watched all of them yet. I'm yeah. curious if have there been almost interceptions, like almost uh, a, couple a couple times, a couple times. He he's he actually is is a really good quarterback in many many ways. He's he's a, he's actually great in the. I mean, for a backup quarterback, he's astonishingly good at like the huddle, getting guys lined up, managing the clock, all all of those kind of like technical logistical things. Yeah, yeah. He he reads quickly. He goes through his progressions. And he has a comically weak arm, so so he cannot throw a deep out. Uh, and and uh, there's been a couple passes in the flat where if he throws a little late, oh man, I mean, he he doesn't have the arm to make up for it. So there's been a couple times where guys drop passes in the flat, and then there were I think two passes against the Bengals that were intercepted, or maybe, uh, maybe was it two um, that were intercepted but called back because of penalty. So he he'll do it. And the question is on those did he did he see the penalty and this and and you know, throw, go for a YOLO throw or, right. or not. And that, that's, a, that's an open question, you know, but I think that you know, he's been really, really good at, at this, but you know, he got hit by Jalen Ramsey last, last week and got hit by Aaron Donald last week and fumbled both times and the ball just popped right back to him. So he'll, you know, if he gets hit, he'll, 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 he'll drop the ball. And I think it's just like, how much longer can you expect a guy to, and an offense, frankly, to have zero turnovers week after week? I, I don't know. It, it feels like, it feels like, um, there's got to be a regression to the mean at some point. And if it happens this week, things could get, things get ugly. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned the weak arm. That makes me wonder what the, uh, what the weather is, <laughs> which I haven't even looked at yet uh, in Philadelphia. You have any yeah. idea? I think I, as far as I know, it's going to be, I mean, it's supposed to be nice for the rest of the week, but you never know. Okay. Exactly. You never know. So let me ask you, actually, before you go, can I ask you one other thing? Is Cowboys Eagles week the same as it used to be? We'll find out. I mean, the, the NFC East has just been so awful <laughs> the last, uh, I don't know, half decade, maybe not half decade, but it's the last few years. It's been not great. So it's, it's nice that we're back. Like, the Eagles yeah. are five. Cowboys and Giants are four and one. Washington, Washington's still terrible. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, the divisional records, uh, like, uh, you know, teams playing, playing games outside their division, Mm-hmm. I want to say the, the NFC East is something like eleven and three, but yeah. and way out in front of any other division in the league, which I did not see coming. Uh, like I thought the division was going to be fine. Like I didn't think it was going to be one of the worst divisions in the NFL or anything like that. But uh, it's been surprising how many games they've won so far. But so it's it's nice to be back. Like hopefully we get some chirping back and forth at, at some point between these players because I think all that stuff just makes just makes games and and really just you know, kind of being a follower of the NFL that much more fun. Bring, bring back Bill Berge and Randy White, for Christ's sake. Let's do it. <laughs> That's right. There we go. <laughs> Listen, Jimmy, thanks so much for coming on with us. I really appreciate the time, dude. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, you'll be good. Good Take luck care. this week. Likewise. Well, I have to say that uh, I agree with Jimmy. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, Cowboys-Eagles can 
kind of restore a little of its old glory. If you remember, there was a there were several years there in the '90s um, where both teams were really good, and those games, those, those those NFC East games were so meaningful because all the teams were good. Not not only did they matter in terms of the division, but they mattered in terms of playoff seeding and et cetera. And so, um, you know, I mean, we talked about this with, uh, with Washington. Do, would you prefer that Washington be good again or not? And my answer is yes. I, the, the more teams that are good, the better, both because it's, it makes those games, you know, more exciting. Makes it, it makes them win more satisfying when they do win. Um, yeah. And so I remember. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping they get, I'm hoping uh, these games start to have that, that old shine. I thought uh, it was interesting that you brought up the 92 season and, um, you know, and the, the first game didn't go so well. And this is, this is kind of where, you know, and I want to get into what your predictions are too, because you know we asked Jimmy, but I haven't heard what you had to say. But you know, the first game didn't go so well, and then, you know, this one has kind of this the the stage is set for possibly something like that. But then the Cowboys, you know, they got themselves together late in the season, you know, and won. And then of course we know how that season turned out. And guess what? Philadelphia was, you know, on, they were in our path again in the in the postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the game that. The Cowboys played the divisional playoff game before the the big the big game in San Francisco that we all remember. But I uh, know mm-hmm. the Cowboys took it to Philadelphia. Then, but, oh boy, did know. they! Yeah, so that was that was good time. So I mean, when you were talking about that, that kind of like I started thinking about the '90s season. Say, yeah, they got us first. But you know what? It's not about you know who strikes first. It's you know, and the Cowboys, you know, they got them you know at the end too. So, um, but you know, uh, it's going to be tough, Rabs. I don't know what. What is your feeling for uh, you know Jimmy? You know he's he's an Eagles fan, so you know obviously you know he's for, yeah. he's he's called the Eagles way. I I want to point out that every time we get to this point, I don't think I remember you have selected the Cowboys to win yet. So no, uh, I, and I, I'm not going to select them until they can demonstrate to me that they're more ca- that they're. Uh, capable of, of generating explosive plays in the passing game because that's the one. I mean, I know the defense is playing at a historic level, and um, and I, I know the defense is going to give Philadelphia everything they've got. So I think that the defense is capable of keeping the game close. But so let, let's 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 actually take a look back at the Rams game. One of the things I mentioned to Jimmy was that they only had one play of over twenty yards. You know, if we look at Cooper Rush. He contributed exactly three points on offense. It was a field goal drive. It was the one that was the big gallop catch. It was the one play that the one passing play was over, over twenty yards. I mean, not to say he didn't contribute on the drive, you know, on other drives, but the there was one drive, of course, with a long Pollard run. He did have a nice, a nice like 16, 17 yard pass to C.D. Lamb uh, right before that, right before that. So he certainly contributed on that. But the reality is, they're not generating much on offense. Uh, they're they're not generating much when they get to the red zone. They're settling for field goals way too often. Um, they're running the ball extremely well, and and especially well if you consider how little they're generating the passing game. But Rush, uh, while he's not turning it over, and while he still has command of the offense, that's all extremely impressive. His capacity to throw downfield has diminished, and it could be that they've coached him not to even try because they sort of feel like, hey, let's not do that unless we actually absolutely have to. Um, but you know, in, in each in each successive game, he's throwing for less. Uh, he's th- throwing few, fewer deep passes. He's throwing for fewer yards. I think in some ways he was let off the hook a little bit against against Washington because there were a couple chunk plays he generated by penalty. But he's not generating chunk plays through actual completions. Um, so until they can do that, they need they need like eight plays of 20, more, 20 or more yards 
a game or, you know, I mean, they need a bunch of those to, to, to really be a, truly a feared offense. And until, until they can do that, I don't trust them to do the things every week that are not necessarily repeatable. I mean, so they've been, you know, they, they beat up on, on, a, on a bad Washington team and then they got like 12 points off of short fields and, um, and defensive plays and, and special teams plays. And that was really the difference in the game. You know, and then there was there was one drive that, and then a field goal drive, and that was it, man. And you know, I I just don't I don't know that they can keep up uh, again and again. And the only way that they're staying in games is by having a, a significant turnover differential too. That that's and, and can they continue that? Those things are all really highly variable. And so, the things that are consistent in this league are passing offense. The one thing that consistently leads to victory and, and it's consistent from game to game tends to be passing offense. And the Cowboys have one of the worst passing offenses in the game. And so I love what this team is doing. I'm excited every week by the games, but I don't believe that they're what they're doing is replicable week to week. Oh, oh I mean, I think that they've Cinderella's it's almost midnight, dude. <laughs> and I, I think, I think that one of these games, Cooper Rush has to be exposed. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you Said. In fact, I no, no. Am I going to be rooting for the Cowboys with all my might? Of course, I despise the Eagles and I hate their fans even more. I want them to all to be terribly miserable on Monday, but I just don't. I just feel like this is the game where he gets exposed, and we're going to get him. We're going to get him in December because this young team is going to grow up, and they're going to be even better in December, and they'll be more balanced, and they'll they'll be balanced on offense, and um, and uh, and we'll get them then. So, what's the damage this week? What, what... Oh, I think it's going to be like. I don't know. Let's say twenty-eight to twelve. Ooh, twenty-eight to twelve. That's you know what? I think I think I think there'll be a couple short fields. The defense will the defense will wear down. I, I think that the Eagles also are present more problems for a defense than any team they've faced. No, you're absolutely right. And in fact, I mean, so I gave my final score prediction and on the roundtable on Tuesday, and I was the only one to, to pick Philly, um, and I had it. I had it. 27 to 6 and for this for all yeah, the, all the reasons that. that you said it's I do think that that um, you know it's the jig is going to be up for Cooper I think that uh, I think we all were asked to like say our what our headlines would be and I, mine was there will be no quarterback controversy in Dallas and I think that will be because you know the rush will kill come down the earth and and I don't think that he'll necessarily be like play bad but he's he's going to have to play outside his comfort zone against this team they're not going to be able to get away with what they've been doing, you know, like the last couple of weeks. So he's going to have to take some shots. And of course, I don't think they're going to work out so favorable because, you know, the Eagles are going to challenge challenge the Cowboys to have to score points to to win in this one. So, and I think that w- that will be a problem. So I, I just I, I think this could be a huge defensive game. You know, a lot of running. I mean, Jimmy spoke about it already. You know, they, they're going to run on, on on the Cowboys, and we know that the Cowboys are going to try to run on them. So we're going to see a lot of you know, it might be kind of a, a snoozer at times, and and then you know, just the the, the game will you know it'll be a, a fast one because the you know the clock will keep running. But I don't think the Cowboys have the offensive firepower to to make plays to make enough plays in this one. So I'm 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 going to say that it's 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 a slow death early, then it gets away from us late, and then it's 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 not something we're going to feel good about after Sunday. 
Yeah, I, I think I think that that's right. Now, of course, just you know, I'm sure you feel the same way I do. I'd love, I'd love, love, love to be wrong. I'd love for the Cowboys to win and and you know take over first place in the division with Dak coming back. But I just sort of feel like this isn't the, this isn't our time. You know, it's, it, this is it, it's not this is not our time. And it's going to be a feeding frenzy in Philly, like like Jimmy said, with all those those drunk Eagles fans. Um, it's going to be loud there. It's it's uh, <laughs> we're not going to have the same sort of. Uh, home field advantage no. away from home that we did last week. And so uh, it, I think that it's, it could get nasty late. Yeah. It really could. Well, let's just hope there's enough Eagle fans that have been put into jail to where maybe it won't <laughs> quiet down a bit. And, uh... But I do want, I do want to just touch on, on before we, before we wrap up, uh, I do want to touch on something that we, you know, we sort of gestured toward just a second ago, which was this is a young team that's getting better. And I think, I think that they'll get them the second time because for me, all those things that we just said about Cooper Rush and the offense are true. And I think that the off, the offense, particularly the passing game is on the decline that the, the running game is, was okay, but you know, I mean, their average was boosted by a couple of big runs, uh, but that, you know, they generate a hundred and 160 yards. That, that's a, that's a mighty fine day at the office when you can't pass. But in general, I think for me, the, the kind of narrative of the season that I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, which is this is a young team getting better, can, continued to show. I think this is a young team. It's getting better. And, um, and you know, those, those young kids are growing by leaps and bounds. They're going to be, you know, uh, health willing, knock on wood. They're going to be awfully good by the end of the year. You know, I, like, so there's a stat that I saw um, where it was about pass rush, pass rush win rate for defensive tackles and Aaron Donald uh, was number one in the league. Big surprise at something like, listen, I'm, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's something like 16.8 or something like that. Right. Percent of the time he wins. And number two is, was Oso Digizua at like 16.4. So he's right up there, right with Aaron Donald. And then there's a huge drop off to the next defensive tackle in terms of pass rush win, win rate. And I think that, um, you know, Sam Williams is becoming, I mean, he, he's got a lot of physical tools, but he's also like, he's so sudden and so violent, you know, it's incredible. Like how, how, how much power he also generates, you know I mean? We, we thought, okay, he's just a speed guy off the edge. He doesn't have, you know, and, and he actually has a tremendous amount of power and he's learning to use it. And so the, these guys are just really, really exciting. And I think that, you know, the, there's a, several young kids on, on the Cowboys offensive line. They keep getting better. They keep cohering. I think by the end of the year they could be a pretty pretty interesting team if um, if Dak can approach anything like the guy he was during parts of eighteen during the first few weeks in nineteen during the first first few weeks in twenty um, you know there's been there's been stretches where Dak has been sublime if he can reach, if he can approach anything like that with this defense oh this team is going to be very good yes I totally agree and I, I'm so excited about you know the op, you know the potential of that happening. And of course, my biggest concern is, you know, can he get there? And there should be no reason why, you know, he can't, but, you know, but if there are problems, then, you know, that could, that could be a problem. But to speak on what you said, Rabs, and I think, you know, we've talked about this before in the off season, because both of us are, we weren't as worried as a lot of Cowboy fans by the off season, you know, and how mm-hmm. they approach. I think a lot of the reasons is because, you know, and the front office said this, I know that it just it annoys people to listen to, but, you know, they, that's, that they believe in their young guys. And I think that a lot of the things, one thing to remember is that, like you mentioned Odigizua, for example, you know, he's in year two. 
and seeing his development, there's so many young defensive players that are in year two of Dan Quinn. And mm-hmm. if you look at like mm-hmm. a player like Tristan Hill, it's like, well, what, what am I seeing here? You know, because he is just wrecking things. And then, of course, Dorrance Armstrong is playing. He had a really good season his first year under Quinn. But, I mean, he, this year it's even better. So you could, just, level, yeah. you could just go down the list and you can see all these young players of the Cowboys have believed in. And this is where they're getting better. Not the offseason free agents that they didn't sign. It's these players that are going to take that next step in developing. And, and look at what it's done on the field. I mean, this defense is just so deep. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's we knew the turnovers were going to regress, but you know, the defense wasn't. It's you know, this is going to be a better defense, and, and they are, and it's exciting. And it, if you're like you said, Rob, if Prescott comes back and he's he's even sniffing around, you know, when early last year or you know before that when he was he was slinging it. I mean, who's stopping this team? I mean, honestly, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think that I think that this this young offensive line is big and strong. I think they're they're better at, at, at sort of bullying teams than than they've been in, since Travis Frederick left. Um, you know, the, I think you know there's a couple of young receivers who are going to get better. There's a couple of young tight ends who are going to get better. It's just, there's a there's just a lot of things that can happen uh, if this team stays healthy. Again, knock on wood. Um, so this is why. If they lose, like you said, twenty, what did you say, twenty-seven to six or something? If they lose, if they get, if they get spanked against the against the, the Eagles, I don't care, you know, because I think that it's a lesson. They'll learn it. They're going to get their best offensive weapon back, and uh, unless unless he's continues to be the sort of haunted ghost of of Dak Prescott that we saw week one, if he's anything like he's he's been when he's been on, look out, dude, look. Out. Right, and and we, we want to you know, reiterate too. It's like as as two you know senior you know teachers trying to you know edu- you know educate you know some knee jerk fans. We want to remind you that we we weren't panicking after the after the first week, and um you know and while we're not picking the Cowboys this week, when a lot of people would love for that to be the case, we just want to also say that, you know it's no big deal. It, it, it's fine. We're gonna be fine. This isn't gonna this isn't gonna leave a big dent to our season. Like, and it might not make us feel good about how we would like to to come away, you know, Monday starting to work. But it's 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 gonna be okay. This is just mm-hmm. it's just you know along the path. We got we got better things happening coming up with with a healthy quarterback, and we should still be excited. So um, I hope for those that are not thrilled with you know our predictions and stuff. That just we're we're trying to keep it you know, honest with you and, and, um, you know, and we still have strong belief in this team. 100%. Well, that is all we have, Rabs. Um, if you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you'd like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topics, you know, score predictions or like, um, you know, have you ever been to jury duty? You have any, any weird stories with that? Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Danny Phantom 24 and Rabs is at Rabble Rouser, spelled R-A-D-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we've got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Game with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. 
Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to silver and blue, and we will catch you later. Class dismissed. Come to my office to pick up your first quarter quizzes. <laughs>